0: So, I've just received my first book review. The book that I've published, uh, The Poetics of Matthew 1, earlier this year, has received its first review. Uh, The review is in French. It's by Sebastian Doan. And he's one of the people that I mentioned in the book. So, I was really quite excited to have a, a book review. Finally, someone has reviewed it. I've got mixed emotions about it. It's quite exciting to have a book review. Someone's reviewed it, yay. But also a little bit disappointing that it's someone who's not from the field that I'm working in. And as what usually happens, well, I don't know if it's usual, but it sometimes happens that someone in a different field reads the book as if it belongs to their own field and that it it's trying to do what they do that they themselves are doing so sebastian done is reading it as if i'm trying to work in his field but i'm i'm just not doing it properly <laughs> uh which is which is natural to to read it that way um uh, that's yeah i think that's reasonable enough to expect that i should be doing what he is doing that's i think that's Fair enough, but um, but it is a little bit disappointing from my side. my My perspective is, oh, he didn't quite understand what I was doing, but oh, he's reading it as if it's in his field. Okay. Oh well. Uh, well, I mean, in that case, it's it's quite good then. It's quite, I mean, considering that, <laughs> it's it's a favourable review. Yeah. So I was just thinking, I I should probably say something about the review. What I am interested in doing in this episode is to, uh, it's been on my mind, and it's because of the review that that I've thought, I probably should do this, and that is the topic of masculinity. I mean, I'll do an episode where I discuss why I've used the word masculinity in the, the podcast and why I'm constantly tempted to remove it, and it's all because of, well, I'm thinking all right, I probably should say something about why I'm not engaging with masculinity studies. Why is that not my field? I mean, I could have two fields. I could be trying to work in two separate fields and uh, that's you know that's a reasonable goal to try to bridge two fields and I think when I first started the podcast, which was for me for the benefit of getting things in uh, out of my head and getting them into a sequence that I could think about publishing. And so on the one hand, it's it, the podcast is really so that I can sort things out, get them out of my head, and then also hopefully benefiting other people who can access freely pre-publication research. And I think in the early days when I was starting out, I thought, oh, well, I'll probably end up using masculinity studies because... Masculinity is one of the themes that I'm looking at in Matthew. I'm looking at everything that I can see and notice in in the text, and, and commenting and studying and researching all the, the textual features uh, of of Matthew, and that's why it's going to take a long time, uh, much longer than I, than I thought, and much longer than what I can live to to see. But masculinity is, is simply one of the themes that comes up in the book. So I'm not, I'm not studying it from the perspective of masculinity studies, but it, I think in the early days when I started the podcast, I expected that maybe that's what would be happening. And so I started reading masculinity studies, uh, thinking, you know, how, what insights do they have? That are, are there any scholars working in masculinity studies who are studying Matthew, particularly Matthew chapter one? And what happened was that I didn't find that those studies that there weren't very many, but I didn't find that they were engaging with the text in in a way that was helpful for insights into the text itself. Uh, I mean, there's insights into the modern psyche because it's it's using modern ideas of gender. And uh, basically, masculinity studies says it's got this assumption that that says we can critique the text, but we don't expect the critique to come from the text. We we expect that the critique comes from us. We're the ones who can do that. That the text, the people who wrote the like the biblical writers, like like so the writer of Matthew and the earliest readers of Matthew, they couldn't critique things like masculinity they couldn't critique patriarchy they couldn't critique the things that we can critique they they couldn't do that so it's up to us to do that and and this is all a, a reasonable ass, assumption to to some degree but but that's not what I was finding when i'm studying the text i'm finding huh there there is a critique of patriarchy i mean it's not the same kind of critique that we in the modern Western world would have of patriarchy, but it is still, nevertheless, it's still a critique. And masculinity is a theme, like paternity, masculinity, patriarchy. These are themes that come up in the book of Matthew. And so what used to happen is that before masculinity studies, people didn't really know what to to do with those topics, so they just ignore it. And um, (laughs) so eventually masculinity studies develops and says, hang on, we can't just ignore this stuff. We've got to study the gendered nature of of the text. We've got to study it. It's up to us to study it. And I think the assumption also is, well, the text has already been studied in every other possible way. And so we kind of know enough about what the text was trying to say, uh, what the writer's trying to say, what the writer expects, The, the way that it's written and the way that it's expected to be read kind of know enough about that so it's you know it's time to do all these other critiques where we in front of the text are critiquing certain aspects because we we don't want to replicate everything about masculinity and patriarchy that's in the text like like is that a part is that a portion of Do we really want to replicate that part and so if we're not studying it we're going to we're going to be inadvertently replicating it if we're not critically studying it so that's the idea and it, you know, it comes out of some of the earlier work that Elaine Wainwright was doing, saying, you know, it's up to us to expose the patriarchy in the text, to expose these kind of things so that we don't inadvertently replicate them and, you know, we've got to critique them. Uh, and the critique comes from us. It's up to us to do it. The critique doesn't come from within the text. That's the assumption. Whereas this is different than what I was finding. I was finding that there's already a critique in the text, so I couldn't, yeah, I, I couldn't really use masculinity studies because they weren't doing exegetical analyses they were doing something different it does seem uh, very elitist to me it seems consciously i mean a critique is an elitist kind of thing like a critic <laughs> is putting themselves above the thing that they're critiquing in in some way so that's that's kind of natural i guess whereas an exegetical analysis is trying to to tease out what's already there. It's trying to unpack what's already there. It's trying to listen generously, not uncritically. It still can be critically minded. Uh, so this brings me to the reason why I'm talking about this as uh, as its own episode is because I'm constantly tempted to take out the word masculinity from the name of the podcast you know i'm studying the the structural patterns in the text this is this is you know this is like a uh you know deep exegetical analysis and find patterns that might help to interpret the text from within the text itself so um what's masculinity got to do with it well masculinity is one of the patterns that that comes up in Matthew chapter one right from the the very beginning where it's giving this, Abraham produced Isaac, Isaac produced Jacob, Jacob produced Judah and his brothers. It's it's very patriarchal sounding, but it's deliberately patriarchal sounding because its its whole point is to make a particular point about the kind of patriarchy that leads to the Messiah and particular heirs, how particular heirs were acquired by particular patriarchal figures within this elite messianic pedigree. And so that's, that's, that's the topic. So I study that topic from studying the text. I'm looking for what is the text saying? And it just so happens that the text is bringing up masculinity, paternity, patriarchy as something that it is commenting on. So there's a little bit of a critique going on. But I think if, from the point of masculinity studies, we couldn't, we couldn't really see that if we assumed that, no, it's just us that brings the critique. We don't expect the critique Becoming from the text, that you know that, that that's what we do. We bring the critique. Ancient readers can't critique things like patriarchy. That's the assumption, basically. Uh, but having said that, uh, that's that's not always the assumption, and masculinity studies is expanding and developing and maturing as a, a field. And so, for example, there's a book by Susanna Asakainen called Jesus and Other Men ideal masculinities in the Synoptic Gospels. And so that's focusing on Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So there's a lot in Matthew, and it's comparing differences within the presentations of masculinities in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And Susanna Asakinen finds that, particularly in Matthew, a little bit more so than, than Mark and Luke, we have Jesus encouraging his disciples into a subordinate kind of masculinity, voluntary subordinate masculinity. And so this is something that I should have quoted in my book, where I mention Matthew chapter 19, verse 12, where Jesus encourages his disciples to emasculate themselves by becoming like eunuchs. The greater kingdom. And so I really do appreciate the work of Susanna Asikona because she's trying to look at the presentation of masculinity, how it's being constructed according to each of the synoptic gospels. And if any listeners are aware of any other studies of how masculinity is presented for particular characters. In the Gospel of Matthew, then I'm very interested in in hearing about it. So I do read uh, anything that's relevant to um, analysing Matthew from the perspective of how is it being pre- how 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 are these themes being presented in the text? Studying the patterns in the text to help unpack what's in the text. So at the moment, no, it's not it's not counted as masculinity studies it's just uh, i don't know what to call it <laughs> it's i'm just studying the patterns that are there in in the text according trying to follow the logic in the text so the logistics of what's going on i've called it poetics because that's the ancient word the greek word that goes back to aristotle i've also heard people talk about it as sort of like a mathematics looking at the algebraic way that the text fits together Yeah, whether you think of it as mechanics, logistics, aesthetics, poetics, studying the patterns in the text to help unpack what's in the text. So I'm not doing masculinity studies, but I thought I should say something about that. Because what am I doing? Why is the word masculinity in the name of the podcast? And I'm constantly tempted to remove the name masculinity from the podcast because people might think, oh, he's he's doing modern masculinity studies. Yeah. So, but it's not. It's not that I'm completely ignoring the field of masculinity studies. It's just I find it very difficult to find that it that it's actually helping with insights for, for the insights that I'm looking for. It has got more insights into the modern psyche uh, from from a different. It's a very different perspective. And yeah. So I haven't really been able to utilize masculinity studies like I thought I might. And so that's why I think, oh, maybe I should avoid the word masculinity. So, masculinity is it's kind of a combination of Matthew and masculinity, because it's a critical study of Matthew. And masculinity, the masculinity that is there in the text, you know, why do we have emphasis on men and patriarchy and, and the commentary that's going on within the text, studying those themes within the text, but not necessarily from the perspective of masculinity studies, as it's currently defined. So I'm constantly in this quandary of, oh, I should take the word out of the name. Masculinity is going to confuse people because they'll be thinking of, oh, he's doing masculinity studies. Yeah, I am. (laughs) In some way, I am studying masculinity, but not from the perspective of masculinity studies. So yeah, I'm constantly thinking, okay, well, should I take that out? But no, I shouldn't, because <laughs> then it looks like I'm not going to study masculinity. And I th- I think that the text needs to be studied in terms of masculinity. We, we can't just ignore, like, we can't just ignore, oh, why does the genealogy sound so patriarchal? Why is the focus on what Jesus is teaching the men? How Jesus chooses 12 men, and he's teaching them. If we just ignore that question, that's really at our own loss. Like, we, we really can't, afford to ignore that question. And so yeah, studying the the gendered nature of the text is really important. Um, But at the moment I'm just at this awkward point of oh, I'm using a term that means different things to different people. Even outside the field of masculinity studies, it will mean certain things to certain people. And that's always going to be the problem of using a term uh, that, that it's hopefully people will have enough sense to look at, well, how are you using the term, Timothy Lewis? How are you using that term? And not just assume that I mean exactly what somebody else might be meaning when they use the term. Yeah, anyway, so that's all for this episode of Masculinity. Thank you for listening.